What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a good week so far. Before we get started on the podcast, you all know it. I have a new record out. It's called Run Run. I'd absolutely love it if you could uh, go and listen and let me know what you think. Um, we've actually just launched a video on the All We Have Is Now YouTube channel. Um, you can also pick it up on my YouTube channel. So go check that out and let me know. This week on the podcast is the one and only Reset Robot. Uh, Reset Robot is... He's been in the industry for years and he is DJ, producer, engineer, writes a lot of music for other people. In, and he's just super talented and a proper nice guy. I absolutely love his music and have loved his music for years. We actually met a long time ago in Ibiza. He definitely didn't remember. Um, but yeah, it was a really nice conversation. We kind of spoke about bread for a long time because he is an avid baker uh like myself and spoke lots about the industry and just kind of about life it was really good conversation i really enjoyed it so without further ado reset robot and we're live reset robot how's it going sir good man thank you for having me on thanks for coming on i i don't know if you're going to remember this but can you remember the first time we in fact the only time we've met in person I don't think you're oh, ever, you're yeah. never going to remember this because I don't Did think. Did you have a massive beard or not? No. <laughs> <laughs> and it was years ago. Right. Okay. Go on then. Tell me. It was in Ibiza because I was living with James Dutton. Oh, right. Okay, and you yeah. probably wouldn't even, because I was resident at Kenya and you played at right. Kenya. I played at Kenya. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah. And I was like, he's never going to remember me then. Like, it didn't have a beard. I'm so sorry. I, that, that is, that is, you know, I think some things just, I was saying this to Alan the other day. I was like, some gigs that I've done around the world have just completely left my mind. Yeah. Somebody can mention a gig that I've done somewhere and I'll just be like, I have no idea. It's weird, no isn't it? Because I was, I was like, I'm pretty sure I've met you. And then I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, yeah, you brought, you just that- flew in. And it was Dutton, me and Keir. We were living in in a, like yeah. behind Eden, and you dropped your bags off. And Dutton was like, "Oh, my mate Dave's gonna come and drop his bags off because he couldn't get into his hotel rumors." And I was like, "That's that's cool, like whatever." And then you ended up playing at Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. Brilliant. This was this was, God, this was see, 2000. I can't remember it. I can't this remember. is it must... 2009. Right. Okay. It's a long time Sorry. ago. It is quite a long time ago, yeah. Kenya. Is that on the sort of sunset bit? Yeah, it's like round. It was like round from Cafe Mambo. So you take a yes. right out of Cafe Mambo, go round the like loop area and it's it is yeah. there. Used to be yeah. alright. Now it's pretty not alright. Yeah. A lot of those places last time I walked along there, a lot of those places had shut down. Yeah. Man, Ibiza must be Ibiza must be a interesting place, right? I don't know if you've been over the summer at all. No, no, I haven't. No, it must be a, a, I don't know. It relies so much on tourism. Hmm. Just hope it will sort of come back to to sort of what it was. You know? Do you think it will? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I'm kind of a bit worried. Because I don't, yeah. I, I don't see it happening this summer. If I'm honest, I know things are being planned, but I don't see it happening. 
No, I, I really can't. Not this summer. I'd love it if it was. Yeah. I'd love it if it was, but I don't know. I just, I, I, I hope so. I hope so. Something, I mean, we've got um, tickets for Wilderness Festival, but pff, I, I can't imagine that's going to be on. Where's Wilderness? It, it's um, sort of Oxford, okay. Oxfordshire kind of way, I think. Yeah, I think when Glastonbury called it a day, I think that was kind of... Yeah, that's basically the, all... The telling time, festive. yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Such weird times, man. But anyway, how's uh, how's life treating you? Yeah, not too bad, I think. Um, up and down, but, you know, I'm trying to just keep busy. I'm writing a lot of music and um, obviously trying to homeschool two children as well, <laughs> which is flipping difficult um so yeah it's just it's uh, a bit of a juggling act at the moment but we, we are definitely getting through and luckily we all like spent you know me my wife and kids we all have a nice time together mm. and we have fun so yeah. that's the main thing could you imagine if you like hated your wife and your kids <laughs> <laughs> No, I think, you know, the fact that Sarah and I get on so well is just, it's incredible. Because, yeah, if we didn't, then imagine all this time together would just be be unbearable. But, yeah, we, we have a great time. Um, obviously, yeah, we uh, I probably annoy the hell out of her sometimes, but... Don't we um, all? Yeah, yeah, so... But, and also, you know, I've been enjoying baking and cooking and stuff like that as well. So. I, that's why I, I, that's pretty much all I want to talk to you about is baking. I don't want to talk <laughs> about <great>. music. <laughs> Mate, like you started baking, I think about the same time as I did. Yeah. And I've just been like, I've not been listening to your music at all. I've been listening. I've just been watching your baking. <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah, I think a lot of people have been, you know, someone sent me a message the other day saying, I think I put a picture of a couple of loaves I baked and they put a message saying, this used to be a page about uh, music production. <laughs> <laughs> How and you I sort of said, oh, I'm really sorry. <laughs> How are you finding it? I love it. I really love it. It's great, I'm, isn't it? I'm, it's great having yeah, the time. I mean, it's definitely something that I've got you know I've really got into it and kind of tried to you know I wouldn't say I've mastered it but I'm trying to be as good as I can at it because you think oh I'm just going to bake some bread and it'll be easy but it's really hard I think I've been doing it since the summer and I only think my last three but I bake like every week and I think my last three bakes have been at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm happy with this now. Yeah, yeah. It's taking ages. Yeah, it takes ages. And I mean, I think it's, you know, it is a, it's an art form, isn't it? Really? Pe- yeah. People that are really good at it spend years getting good at it yeah. and mastering it. So yeah, it is uh hats off to all the bakers out there. And I always think like, because a new bakery is just open locally to me and I'm like, they're busy, but financially the amount of work that goes into it, like how do they, how do they make money? 
I don't know. And I, I just, I'm not sure I'd like to be, you know, you'd be there till quite late, I think, after you shut prepping up for the, you know, the next day's yeah. dough to go in in the morning. And then you'd be in there at five, I don't know, they're, how early. They're in there at like four o'clock in the morning. Exactly, yeah. And you so just... That, it's definitely, I'm happy to bake at home, but I'm not doing that. No. I I kind of want to go and just like test it out for like a week and just see. But where do well, you see if you could be? We're used to not sleeping. Let's be honest. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I suppose with the touring and stuff like that. But that used to really drive me mad as well. Does it get to you? No, yeah, it really got to me. The not sleep, not sleeping. I mean, I, I, I never like toured massively heavily anyway, mm. but not like some of the guys. Um, but you know, when the alarm would go off after you've laid down for half an hour and stuff like that, it would just be an absolute killer. Yeah, it's, it's not the... I enjoy it, but it's not fun. When you're doing yeah. like four shows in the week and you're doing a Sunday show and all you want to do is just go to bed. You just want to go to bed. I've got to go to a club. got to get on a plane. I think the worst bit is when you, yeah. when you have dinner and then you're not on till like two o'clock in the morning yeah and you have that lull i want to go to bed yeah and you're like you you sit down on the on the hotel bed and then you get a bit comfy you watch a movie or watch something on on the tv and you're like ah (laughs) game over (laughs) yeah it's just like ah god yeah when you have to actually get up and then you know get into the mood that's really difficult how have you mastered the pizza um again just time and lots of disasters is it a sourdough based yeah i I haven't tried a sourdough based pizza yet really that's a lot i did it once and i messed up because i put way too much oil on it and it just didn't just didn't work okay Um, well you put too much oil in the mix yeah i put oil in the bowl to let it prove and oh, okay. it just kind of didn't work. I did I I did it. I had like a bit of leftover dough and was like, let's just yeah. try and make some pizza out of it. Um, okay. I haven't done it properly. The process. Um, so I've got a different starter for my pizzas than I use. So I've got a, a 100% hydration starter for my bread. Yeah. And then for my pizzas, I've got a 50% hydration starter. So it's a bit more like a dough. Oh, okay. Um, so that I've got more control over the actual yeah. hydration of the, the dough, dough, you know. So yeah. I'm not kind of... Um, Dicing with death. Yeah, so if I add my water in, that's the amount of hydration kind of uh, thing. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, that it's it's definitely nice. It's definitely yeah. good, and and in the uni oven, you know, in the wood fired oven, it's just incredible. If you got the wood fire one, or is it the gas one? I've got the wood. I've got the multi fuel one, mm. so you can have it wood or gas. Man, I've been looking at getting one, but then you I was should. I then I was thinking of getting like the green egg or the like the red egg, whatever they call them, because you. Because right, yeah. you can do, you can put pizza in it, and you can also barbecue on it, and it's like yeah. charcoals. Yeah, I think I saw my friend uh, Elky, who is a great cook. He does cooks all on um, over flames. Yeah, he's a smoking elk on um, Instagram. Oh, okay. and 
he's got one of those Kamado Joe things. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's got the pizza thing that fits into mm. that. But he's got the Gosney as well, and he's got an Uni Pro. I think the Gosney looks quite good. The yeah, rock, it does. I think it's the Rockbox. Yeah, because I went, I went and uh, did like a week in a in a hotel, like cooking with in the in the kitchen. And uh, he literally, like the head chef, literally like cooked on the egg pretty much every night. Really? Yeah, like most of the stuff he cooked, something would always go on the egg at some point. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I'm just like, they're pretty expensive to be fair, but it might be worth it. I think, yeah, I think um, if you're enthusiastic about it, you'd be using it quite a lot. Yeah, definitely. Do sounds you, like you'd get a lot of use. Is it out like of the there. wood? Is it the wood pellets that you use? No, the the Uni Pro is proper, proper wood, wood fired, so logs. That's amazing. Yeah, that's that's dope. But it's taken it's taken ages to get them to a point where I'm. It's consistent, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's consistency with bacon. It's bake, bacon's not cooking, is it? Cooking, you can like, you have a bit of like leverage on either side where like, yeah, you can chuck something in and, and make it taste good, or you can add something to kind of take takes things away. And bacon, you just can't. Yeah, it's got a bit. If you want it the same, it's got to be exact every time. Yeah, there's no wing in it in bacon. No, no, <laughs> no. You can't. Yeah, it's sort of what the one thing that I kind of had never thought about and I didn't cotton on to it till you know fairly recently was um temperature of the dough yeah you know so what temperature is the water that you're using yeah and what's the final dough temperature and then you're proving your proofing temperature mm. all of those things really matter. matter yeah so and that's as as important as you know got to treat temperature like an ingredient almost massively i've been doing croissants i'm trying to nail croissants at the moment oh nice are you eating hundreds of croissants (laughs) yeah i'm I'm doing it like every other week because it is a process and a half yeah that that's what i'm finding is that it's that is all about temperature in the room that you're at like it's because the room that I do it in, it's it's pretty hot, and it just melts the butter. It just melts too soon. Um, but you can't have the you can't have the dough and the lamination is too cold because then you can't roll it out. So there's like this happy medium where you need it at this like perfect temperature. Right. It's so hard. It's so hard. So I actually think I saw a picture of some that he'd done yeah. the other day. They looked really good. They're all right, but they're still not where I want them at all. I want to get the honeycomb. So you know, like when you when you get a proper, I've just yeah, realised like this is going to be people honeycomb thing pe- in the middle. Pe- people came for this podcast for music, and all we're ranting on about is bacon. <laughs> right, well, we'll go on to we'll go on. To no, music. no, no, it's fine. But <laughs> yeah, I want to get the honeycomb. Um, and I think it's I, I I've got a new recipe. I try a different recipe each time. I did the sourdough ones from the Chad Robertson. Do you have the Chad Robertson okay. Tartine book? No. Mate, no, it's get good. That. It's really good. It's it's a really good, like, it's pretty cheap on Amazon, but it's like a, a simple book for, like, everything sourdough, really. Right, okay. Um, and they do, like, brioche and things. Because like, I make brioche buns with burgers quite a lot. 
And, nice. Um, How do they come out? Great. Amazing. They're, yeah. they're easy. They're really easy. I don't use sourdough with that, though. I just use a poolish. Right, um, okay. And uh, to, it's, I can't pronounce it. It's like a... It's a Japanese, so Japanese, how you make Japanese bread. You like literally put flour, water, um, and milk in a, in a saucepan. And then like, it's, you're kind of making a roux. So you make it okay. into like a thick thing and then you add that into the dough and it just keeps it like, makes it really soft. It's amazing. Right, okay. I'll send you the recipe. Yeah, um, please do. Cause, uh, you know, we, we, I would probably do those. They're great. They are really good. Um, but yeah, the honeycomb is just the it's just the impossible bit. Yeah, you see some some that people make. I mean, I look at my Instagram thing. You know, if I go to my search thing, it's just all bread. Yeah, <laughs> bread and pizza. Yeah, uh, some of the pizza. I guess the good thing about the uni is you can make pizza really quickly. Yeah, well, it's you know obviously the process of making the dough. So I've made some today that will. I'll boil that up in a little bit. That goes in the fridge and then I'll cook tomorrow night. Yeah. So we've always got to start the day before, but that's that's pretty normal, really. Um, and then the uni, yeah, it's up to heat within about 20 minutes and then, yeah, yeah 60 seconds for them to cook. Bam. Yeah. Three and minutes to eat. Insane. Yeah, they're great, aren't they? One of my mates has got the gas uni in America. Yeah, like the nice, you know, the right ingredients, nice fresh ingredients. Mm. It's, it's something else. Yeah, I love it. Have you uh, have you named your starter yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, do you know what I did? Because I when we first started them in March, the kids helped me make them. So yeah. we had some names, but um, I think I can't remember what they were now. <laughs> we did we did sort of label them all up, but the jars have changed and yeah all that kind of stuff it's, it's a They're proper effort of, it's effort feeding it it's, do you feed yours every day no I, I keep mine in the fridge yeah and then a couple of days before i bake i get them out get them up you know feed them a few times get them nice and mature and then and then once i've taken for the bread i put i feed them again and put them back in the fridge for a week yeah Okay, so they last, you, you do a week. I feed mine yeah. like every, uh, I keep it out of the fridge all the time, but I feed it like every other day or every two days. Okay. And it seems to just like keep a real nice consistency. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Isn't yeah, I, I should probably do that. I know that it's better to keep them out of the fridge because they are a bit more vibrant when they're out of the fridge, aren't they? Just depends how sour you want it, really. Yeah. Because yeah. like when, especially when I feed, if I feed mine every day, it goes sour. Yeah. And it's like, it, it does go a bit pungent sometimes. And you're like in the kitchen, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, you what's the smell? Off, yeah. It <laughs> it's not nice. It's not nice at all. But, <laughs> mate, it's so nice to see like loads of like creative people making other stuff because we all have time on our hands. Like beforehand, we didn't have any of this. Like, it's, it's been, I don't know about you. I'm, I can only speak for myself, but it's been like so nice to just like start something that is just like a passion rather than worry about it as work. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, writing is, I've, my music's kind of gone back into that pattern as well. Has so, it? Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm just enjoying 
being in the studio, writing whatever I feel like. I've not got any kind of set agenda for it, which is nice. Yeah, I haven't got there yet again. I'm like, right. I've spoke to a few people on the podcast and they a lot of people have said that, that they've just like got back into that enjoying writing music. Yeah. I, I, I Don't get me wrong, I still love it, but I haven't got it like, I haven't got that that love that I did if you know what I mean I'm not too sure why yet I'm sure it will come I think it will yeah it definitely will maybe maybe it's you know I guess it could be if you're used to that kind of touring thing some people might need that to really get back into it get get their vibe going I don't know what do you find right do you how do you find writing like techno or whatever at the moment at the moment <laughs> uh yeah i mean it's difficult because there yeah no no way of testing the stuff out nobody to test it out um you know even if i wasn't playing myself i'd probably be able to hand a few tracks out to some people and say you know test this give out. this one yeah. a spin if you get a chance or yeah um but there's none of that so i, I am enjoying writing techno still but i am definitely experimenting with other sounds for sure yeah it's going to be interesting the next like i think the next year really to see what actually comes out because i know i'm releasing a few other things that aren't really club uh, they're still club but not really what you would expect from me um okay but it's just it is nice to be able to do that and like have a bit more of a it's about being an artist, isn't it? It's not about just writing music for a club, but realistically, we just generally write music for clubs because that's what we do. Yeah, and yeah. It's like now it's like actually being able to write music that people want to listen to whilst they're doing the washing up and <laughs> doing the cook- cooking and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, I think, you know, it's only going to... Um, it's only going to make you a better you know, better musician or a better producer in the long run, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. How did it start with you? Like, how did you get into it all? Um, what, writing? Yeah, because I know you, you you do a lot more engineering for yourself, for other people, like, as than touring, right? That's more your thing, is is writing. Yeah, that's more what I do, yeah. So I do, um, do, do work with a lot of other people as well. Um, but I... I got into it, um, you know, was into going clubbing and going out with friends as you do. And then I just really felt like I had the urge to, to try and learn how to write music. So I did, I went to college and did a music technology course and all that kind of stuff. But it was still really geared up towards recording bands and stuff when I went uh, to college uh, but one of my lecturers knew that I was into dance music and he gave me a copy of Reason. So I took that home, put it on uh, the computer at home, and then that was it. Game over. I didn't sleep, didn't <laughs> sleep for about two years. <laughs> Did, do, you, do you prefer the writing side of it than the touring? Um, yeah, I would say that I've always been more of a sort of studio head than yeah. someone that wanted to tour as much. That makes sense. I guess how how did it start for you with engineering for 
just as a job for engineering because most people in our scene it starts with the dj side of things and things like that but like did you find it a, a easy process turning the engineering into like a full-time job um i think i just put myself out there really i i kind of let I used to have a studio above uh, a record shop yeah. um, in Portsmouth and, you know, we had so much traffic coming through the record shop at that time and I would just let people know that if they wanted to do anything, then I had a studio up there and, yeah. you know, that started to, set, you know, just word of mouth kind of thing. That's how it kind of went. And then I picked up a few people that I worked with for a long time yeah. from that period and then some of their tracks did quite well people would kind of not get to know who who was you know that it was me yeah working on the stuff and then yeah just kind of snowballed from there really yeah what's your we were talking about it before the podcast but what's your thoughts on the industry because like a lot of people have engineers work their records and in all in all aspects of music right um and that's not from that's sometimes creating it, that's sometimes writing it, that's sometimes mixing it, mastering it, everything. What's your what's your thoughts? In the house and techno industry, we have this very thing that we should as an artist, we should be able to do everything. And it's yeah. not the case. Like we it's physically not the case. We can't all do we're not all great that great. We might be great DJs, we might be great producers, but we're not all that great at everything. Yeah. Uh, what's what's your take on on that? Um yeah, I think it's a shame that um people can't be a bit more open about it and it be a bit more celebrated, you know, yeah. that you know, if somebody's working with somebody else, then why is it a problem? Yeah. Um but for some reason there's, you know, a lot of people out there that will kind of if they were to talk about that, they might get a lot of, I don't know. Oh, shit. Bad press. Yeah, a lot of shit. About <laughs> it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's so weird because like pretty much every track that gets released in, especially in the pop world, in the hip hop world, in in the rock world. Yeah, they all have they multiple all, people yeah. working on it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if you've heard any of like, I don't know if you follow Rick Rubin, but he, I think, think he's an absolute God. And like he, he's produced some in everyone knows he's produced some insane artists. And to the point where he doesn't even, he's, he's not even doing anything. He's just there in the room and yeah. he's like creating, yeah. he's creating an atmosphere and he's, he's allowing the artist to be the artist and he's like pushing the artist to be. And like, that as a just a producer role is like a huge thing and that's that's how how artists have made insane albums yeah and, yeah from and, someone just suggesting things maybe yeah exactly and i i think i'd love to see it more in in our industry that like more people getting together and just being like let's just write a record for this person with this person and let's make let's get the best keys player let's get the best bass player yeah let's get the yeah, best yeah, yeah. top top liner and and let's really like let's do it this let's just do this the proper way that is a you know that's probably the real traditional way of of, of doing it and in some 
uh, genres, that's just completely normal, like you said. But yeah, for some reason in house and techno, drum and bass as well, probably it's really frowned upon. But I think, um, you know, a lot of people think about ghost production and stuff like that. So say if I was to write 10 tracks here Mm. in my studio on my own and then just sell them to the highest bidder. Yeah. You know, that, I guess, you know, I can see why some people would have a problem with that if there's somebody up there on the stage pretending yeah, it's yeah, their yeah, tune. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I get that. But if if somebody is actually coming to a studio and working together to get a sound, then yeah. that is, you know, that's... No, I totally agree. I that's totally, agree. totally cool. Yeah, I actually had someone DM me on Instagram the other day and was like, dude, I make music. Um, listen to the tracks on my Instagram and I'll give you like a discount. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, thanks. Thanks for the offer, mate. I'd, I'd, lo- I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. it's, I guess it's definitely out there. People just like buying tracks. Which, yeah, yeah. Which, but I think if you think about it, like, some if of the, a, if, they, if you can make some dough by doing that and you don't want to be touring and stuff, then why, why not? not? Why not? There's a lot of pop, there's a lot of pop records, especially dance pop records that are extremely big that have been written by somebody completely different and yeah. been produced by like to where the, 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 the artist that is actually listed hasn't even been in the studio, haven't had anything to do with it, and they're just literally just like copy and paste and their name's on it and got the biggest, re- got a number one record. And that happens all the time in pop, all the time. It's just weird about this, this scene. Something weird it about it. It is strange, but everyone wants, like you said, everyone wants them, everyone to be doing it on their own and to know everything about, yeah. you know, synths and... Yeah, I was I was doing like a disco record uh, just before Christmas and uh, I was like, I need a proper Juno. And I was like, who's going to have a proper Juno? And yeah. I was like, sigh, shadow child. I was like, mate, <laughs> of course, I was yeah. like, mate can, you, can you hook me up with a, with a good bass line? And I think that's what it's about. It's like bringing the community together and like being able to work on records together. Just for me, it just makes it so much more exciting. Even if I'm writing for somebody else, like just having them in the studio, I just find writing with people is just so fun. Yeah, it is good. It's really good. And, you know, now is, is a good time as any to, you know, everyone's kind of available. Yeah. So why not tap people up, get collaborating? And you can do- it feels good. It feels really good to sort of, you know, to to come up with stuff. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think it's like, I don't know about your thoughts, but in the house and techno, it's very like, it's very like, I don't want to say this in a disrespectful way, but I feel like it can be very one track minded. And it's like, oh, this artist is- not in my my lane so i can't do a collaboration with them and it's like yeah. no that's every reason to do a collaboration with them because it's like yeah we're we're not when we're not going to just go in with the same ideas we're going to go in with two completely different ideas if it comes out great great if it doesn't then we can scrap it and do something else it's it's not the end of the world what's your thoughts on that yeah i mean it, it definitely i 
can totally see why it would make a huge difference to work with people that aren't necessarily in the same genre. I mean, you know, even if people are writing techno, maybe someone's writing a bit more raw sounding yeah. stuff. Maybe someone's writing a bit more melodic sounding stuff. So get them to, yeah. And that could be a great, a great marriage, but yeah, I, I don't think that happens enough. People are, people are probably scared. You know, people are worried about it. I think a massive thing in this industry is that it's all about the look and it's all about who you kind of associate yourself with as well. Um, yeah. And I think it's much easier to associate yourself with one sound and kind of grow in one sound than be an artist that kind of jumps around and does a few, um, which is totally understandable because you have fans and your fans want to kind of listen to what you're known for. Right. Yeah. Um, and if you kind of jump too far, you're kind of alienating fans from here and there, if you know what I mean. And doesn't, yeah, people doesn't... might, but that's also, it also seems really narrow minded as well. Totally. Doesn't it? totally. It, it, it is. Why and can't I... we just, just what, write whatever we want and just really, I mean, we can, but like you said, it might be sort of, is People that us? If they're going to book you, if it's going to be, you know, what's it going to be? Is that us? Is that us being one track minded, or is that is that the industry? If you know what I mean? Because I guess at the end of the day, the music we put out is down to us. So exactly, is it, is so it, you're free to do it. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. That's what I, you know, I've got a load of new stuff sat on my hard drive just. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I don't know whether to do a new alias with it or just to put it all out under Reset Robot or I've just got no idea what to do, but it's all sat there. <laughs> just put it out, man. Just put it out. Just put it out there. Yeah, because I've got... I'm working on like an uh, alias project that it wouldn't make sense if I put it out as well. Like It's all like very like ambient, down-tempo stuff. So that wouldn't kind of make sense if I put it out. But if it... In the realm of four four, I'm just putting yeah. it out as Will Clark now. I'm just like I don't care. Yeah. What, what oh, I, look, I look forward to hearing some of it. What have we got to lose? Well, I guess so. Yeah, it's just I think people will accept it at the moment. I don't think it will matter too much. I don't think it, if you know if there's no if there's no gigs at the moment, then what do, doesn't matter, does it? No. Yeah. It's weird, but even when the gigs go back, whatever sort of music you want, even when the gigs go back, does that mean that we have to just start writing this, not the same music, but does it mean we have to just be like, okay, I'm just going to write. Go, go back. back. Well, I guess you might want to, I don't know, because when you're on, you know, when you're in a club and you're playing those sort of environments, there, there are, um, certain, you know, there's certain things that just work. Yeah. Yeah. So you're always going to try and create those kind of moments, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What's your thoughts on this whole break bit, break beat kind of tip that a lot of people are going down at the moment? Like the um, old, old school 90s yeah. break beat. I'm into it. I like it. Mm, same. I really, yeah, I I really, really like, like it. it. And then I thought it was getting overdone. And then Bicep bought out their new album and I was like, you've just smashed it with everyone. Like, 
that their new album is just on another level. I don't know if you've listened yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, I've listened to it quite a few times. Yeah, yeah. it's just like yeah, it's wicked. That those boys, I think, I think like. I I don't know, but they've created a sound for themselves that I guess every artist kind of really wants in their career. I'm only speaking for myself, but I can imagine a lot of people want that thing to just have this like very signature sound. Yeah, they definitely (laughs) they definitely created it, especially with this new new album as well. Yeah, it's almost like over the years it's just evolved and evolved and evolved, and now it's like. Yeah, that's bicep one hundred percent. Yeah, because Disclosure yeah, did really it. Good. Disclosure did it back in the day on with their first album. And yeah, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, their first album was amazing. No, like great producers, and and I felt like the second album and the third album didn't have their like signature sound as much. But there's not many people nowadays that get, that do it. No, that can do it. Do you know what we were? Um, Alan and I were listening to the other day, we were listening to, um, I think someone on radio, Steve Lamack played, uh, Underworld, Ugh. the full one, an old Underworld album, the whole yeah. album, they played it as really? the second toughest in the infants. I think the album's called, but it was just incredible, but yeah. unmistakably Underworld, mm. just so hypnotic. Yeah really interesting loops and sounds but it was just it sounds so underworldy yeah i'd never heard this album or any of these tracks before but every track you could tell and even if it didn't have his vocals on there you knew it was an underworld track yeah i love that chemical brothers for me as well always do it yeah every time like within the first like 30 seconds you're like yeah this is a chemical brothers record yeah, there's been like iconic acts, haven't there, throughout the the like dance or like how the the electronic genre that kind of just like push it forward. Who do you reckon's yeah. the next? Who do you reckon's the next one? Well, I think probably someone like Bicep yeah. uh, doing it. Yeah, they are. You know, a kind of they've created a sound like you said and it it's really accessible but um it's very you know some of the tracks are radio friendly but it's really underground at the same time so it's done really i well. think they i think they've nailed it it's done it's it's done so well and i'm like i, I i'm i lie if i didn't say i've tried to make a bicep record and failed miserably <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I just don't know. I think, you know, it always sounds really, it sounds simple, doesn't it? Like there's a, some nice overlapping pads yeah. and then some nice uh, kind of RP melodies and their beats always sound great. But it's not, you know, as as with anything like that, if, you, if it sounds simple, it probably isn't. Probably isn't, yeah. Unless you're them. Just, well, maybe I don't know. I listened to an interview with them on uh, Annie Mac actually, and they said that it was quite. Uh, they were up against the wall with that one. Yeah, they said they found it quite difficult to re- to finish it. Interesting. I've not heard that. I've not heard that one. 
if it's a good interview when they I think they just were dropping it and they did they were sort of curating one of the shows with her okay and uh, they were playing loads of stuff that they like and a few tracks from the album yeah and they and they said that they found it really really tough to finish it but and, and I was like oh wow you know it's good I guess quite nice to hear that kind of yeah. thing from people like that yeah I don't know like is there been any like when you're writing a record how do you kind of go about finishing it because I'm like this very much like the record's done I, I write it finish it and done and then I don't ever go back until recently in the last like 18 months maybe I've like really been trying to make the record better each time I go back into it and kind of right. spending like a longer process on the record what's are you like in and out done or are you much more of a process kind of guy um I think uh that's changed to me over the years as well and I, w- I used to be able to finish things really easily yeah but for some reason, I can't finish things as easily now, and I spend much more time messing around with silly things that probably yeah. don't make any difference. And it's a little bit more of an annoying process now, actually trying to finish. I still love, you know, the process of getting ideas together and all that, but actually finishing it takes much longer now. Yeah. So weeks and weeks and weeks of sitting, you know, kind of getting a thrashing idea out, go back to it the next week, make some changes, a few more listens, go mm. back to it again, make some changes. And even sometimes just leaving stuff for a long, long, long time and then just sort of trawling through ideas and be like, oh, that sounds quite good. Does that help when you I, give I, it time? I think that helps for me, yeah. Yeah, I've... I've not done that. I'm like, I've got obviously so many unfinished projects, but I'm just like, just don't go back to them. Right. Like if I don't, I find that time really, you know, I could get sick of something and then put it away for, you know, three months, go back through maybe 20 files that I've got. And there'll be a few in there. I'm like, wow, that sounds excellent. I could finish that in five minutes kind of thing. I guess it's just going, it's like a fresh, fresh brain, isn't it? When you're just listening to the same loop over and over again or the same melody, yeah. you're like, I can't do anything with this. I'm working on a remix at the moment and I'm just like, they've, they've asked the people that have asked me to do it, that they've asked me for like a dub version. And I'm like, this, the whole record's about the vocals. So if I take, yeah, yeah, if I take, I <laughs> if I take the vocals out, then I've got to put something else in there. Yeah, because it's just not going to sound right, and I'm like just racking my brain, and I'm just like I don't know what the fuck to do. It's just like I don't know, weird. That is a tough one. That's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Just, so, what are you going to do? <laughs> I don't know. I was, I sat down with it for about thirty minutes this earlier on, and was like, I don't know, mate. Like, took the vocals out, and I'm like, the vocals are great. I get it. The vocals, the original record is a slow record. So I, I've sped the vocals up. And it does sound a bit weird if you listen to the original and then listen to that. Right. But if you listen 
to the remix just just straight on just on its own it's like it it, it works yeah um, but i get it i get what they they want they just want this like they just want a techno record really right um, with hints but i'm like that's I'm, always it's tough with remixes isn't it because people have always got an idea of what they want yeah. from you but sometimes the parts don't necessarily yeah. cap you know they don't make you want to capture a certain vibe or you know they push you in a certain direction mm. and you know i've had so many remixes where i've said it over and people are like yeah yeah <laughs> And then you're at home, like raving to it, loving it, exactly, and then, going, loving it. And then you send it, and I, I actually really, I don't necessarily like doing remixes. I've done quite a few, but mm. I don't know. It's, it can be a really difficult process, especially you know maybe if you get a fussy label person or A yeah. and R person that wants you to make your last record. 20... Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah oh my god i i as like somebody that's kind of just started running a label and had a few remixes the approach i take it is that i'm not going to the remixes necessarily for their music i'm going for i like their music and i like them as people and i trust them that what they're going to turn in is going to be something that they truly believe in as an artist and yeah. then I won't, I don't have to comment on it. I'm just like, that is, I asked you for, uh, like, let's say for a guy called, this guy called Sebastian Russell, who I got him to do a remix. He's a French producer, lives in London. His music's insane, absolutely insane. And I didn't know what he was going to turn in. And that's what I love oh, about exciting. it. Yeah. And, that, and that's what I love about it is like, you just don't know. And, yeah. but I think that's the thing is when it, when it turns into like, what are they asking you to remix? Are they asking you as an artist to remix or are they asking for your name to remix? If you know what I mean? Like what, what are they yeah, trying to yeah. get out of this by getting you to I, remix? I often ask, you know, is there anything would ask that? Why, what tracks of mine is it that, you know, you, yeah. you've liked that have made you want to ask me about doing this sort yeah. of thing? Um, that can sometimes help or it can sometimes be a real <laughs> hindrance, you know, but <clears throat> yes, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a difficult process sometimes. Yeah. It's when, when I did, when I remixed your mind for Adam, um, I just sent him three, I did three and sent him yeah. all three and was like, mate, take your pick. Dude, take, you, take one of these. You can have what you want. <laughs> you can have all three if you want, but, uh, take which one you like and were they all quite different or yeah one was drum and bass he was never going to take that um <laughs> brilliant yeah um loved it is it you know is it available to listen to anyway i'll not? send you it yeah yeah, I'll send yeah you please it. do yeah yeah i'll send you it um it's like i was but i was literally like on my way to a gig on a train and just got bored and was like let's just do a drum and bass version it you know when you just like put a few beats together and it's not perfect but it just kind of works yeah um i played That's it out basically once actually. all i ever do <laughs> winging it our whole lives yeah just constantly <laughs> winging it pretending that i know what i'm doing yeah i i i don't know it's it's an interesting 
it how how good is it does it feel to like do what you absolutely love as a living though like it, it is great to be able to um you know say that to do this it's great to be able to do it i love it yeah um you know, my every day I come into the studio, switch all the stuff on, come here with my coffee in the morning, and feels great. Yeah. Oh man, I love it. I love that process. Sitting, coming in with my coffee, flicking all the buttons on, and just sort of going, ah, wonder yeah. what's going to happen today, sort of thing. <laughs> I think that's the one thing that that I'm not doing, and maybe that's why I'm not enjoying it so much, is that I'm busy doing other things. Like yeah. my emails are going, I'm doing other, th- other projects. And I think I just need to like, take like a month and just be like nothing, I'm not doing anything yeah. and just sit in the studio and just write and just enjoy it. It is really important to not have any distractions. Yeah. If your phone's going, if you've got notifications popping off and all that, it just takes it out pulls you out every time doesn't it, it just yeah. pulls you out of that sort of zone and if you're in the zone it's 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 a great feeling YouTube. but it's hard to get into it it's into the zone sometimes so when you're in there you want to stay in there yeah youtube is a killer for me youtube is like the biggest distraction like one minute you're writing some beats the next minute you're looking at videos of someone shaping some dough literally Yeah, or like learning how to cook this and cook that. And then I'm like, oh, I should go to the butchers to get some dinner yeah, for tonight. Yeah, should quickly go and get some stuff for that, yeah. yeah. It's a nightmare. That is the one thing, like being back in the UK, because I've got like family around me and like it's like my hometown. So you're just kind of used to just go back to your usual schedule or to my usual schedule and just like, yeah, I'm probably a, a little bit, I write better music when I'm in the UK, but I think my productivity when I'm in America, I'm like just on, I'm like nine to five, just writing music. You're in there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's that. I think that is important to have that sort of committed schedule, you know, to say to yourself, I'm going in the studio at nine o'clock yeah. and I am going to sit down and it, you know, maybe it's not going to work that day and you, stop after a few hours but at least every day you're going in there and you're trying to sit down for a certain amount of time and, and uh, really crack on how do you do it do you do the same i do the same yeah so if i'm in the studio i'm in here sort of you know once the kids have gone to school well when they're at school <laughs> yeah um you know take them to school and then i'm i'd come back home and and get straight stuck straight into the studio yeah and then you know once they're back at sort of half three four that's my day yeah. in the studio done that's dope how how has it worked like writing with other people during covid and is a lot of it on zooms and things like that how have you found that yeah so i've been doing a few remote sessions um I, i've been sending the audio with a program called audio movers yeah which has been working really well, actually. High, so they're listening to a, a stream, you know, exactly what I'm hearing, high quality. And um, then we just have Skype going as well, basically. Yeah. So that, that works well. So they're getting high quality audio. Do you enjoy it or do you find it more work? I would much rather have 
I think everyone feel you know I feel like I'd rather they were here and yeah. the people that I'm working with would rather be here yeah. as well yeah definitely there's something about just that conversation for me like when you're in the studio with somebody it's that morning conversation when you get in the studio and you're just like putting the worlds at right and just it's that relaxation of of starting the day with just just general conversations that i find that you just don't really get online yeah yeah you just it's it's definitely it's definitely better if people come to the studio and you know if i'm working on some beats and i kick some midi notes out to one of the synths or something and then yeah they someone's on the sit it's just yeah you're working together yeah yeah no i agree i agree um i had shadow child on the podcast last year at some point um and he spoke about uh the what is it one for the nerds yeah and you were involved in that how's that first of all anybody that's not listening give it a little bit of explanation of what it is (laughs) give it Um, a push yeah um basically yeah one for the nerds is a a sort of one-to-one mentoring um platform so you can uh book a session with myself or any of the other people that are on the uh on the roster and you know there's um industry advice production advice and you know delving into people's productions as well if they Mm. want that um going out basically going over anything that anyone wants to discuss about their music or about the music industry getting into djing um anything like that so yeah we offer that and it's quite you know so you book an hour session and i've had a guy that's come on and we would sort of delve into some of his tracks he would share his screen with me and the audio as well and we'd look at trying to you know make some changes to some of his processing chains and Mm. improve the sound of some of his tracks and get get that sort of extra little bit of um uh, polish on the tracks you know to, yeah. to get them ready to send out and then also trying to hook people up with getting stuff signed and all that kind of stuff as well so it's it's quite a broad um a broad thing that we're doing but i think it's really helping some of the people i've worked with have had some really good signings and some music out already so it's been great do you enjoy it i i do enjoy it actually it's really nice to help people and especially when the the music is worthy mm, yeah yeah because it would probably probably be missed yeah or not listened to yeah and that, you know i know i know what that's like i still know what that's like sending <laughs> stuff out and, and not having it listened to yeah. so if i can help other people to sort of you know get their music out there and actually get it heard um then i will i will do my best to do that yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's it can be so demoralizing as a, when you're writing a record, spend all this time, you've got it in your head that it's perfect for a record label, and you send it out, and, and then and then, or even you do send it out and they don't listen to it, and, yeah, and you're kind of waiting for like a couple of weeks, and then you're like, do I send them an email? Do I? do yeah, i chase it up it's, it's or really what, what do i do it? and you're like i think especially it's the like one thing when you're starting out as a artist and it's like what the fuck do we do 
Yeah, I think you have to, you know, you have to know that most of the stuff you send out isn't going to get listened to. Mm. It just isn't. But you will, if you keep at it and you keep going, you will get a lucky moment where somebody just happens to be, you know, something pops up and they're on their computer at the right time and it just happens. You'll get a response and things can kind of kick on from there. But, um, yeah, it is one of the hardest things for sure. There's not many label owners that do listen to it. I know uh, when I used to be like part of the Dirty Bird crew, I was speaking to uh, Barkley or Claude um, and he was like, I listen to everything that comes through now. And I was like, I know he doesn't. I know he has a filter. Like Darren kind of filters it out, the label manager. But there was a period where he would listen to everything. And I was like, I was like, dude, that's amazing. But like, why? And he's like, Julio Bashmore battle for middle to you was in my inbox for two weeks and I missed it. And somebody signed it before me. And ever since, ever since then, he's like, I can't miss a track like that ever again. And I was like, fair enough. Like that's, that's dedication to a record label really. Yeah. Um, And it's You know, it's that kind of thing that will make you go, damn. Yeah. He missed out. Proper, proper. I, I bet it happens all the time. I bet yeah. it happens. Oh, for sure. Like I know with and I know with Camel Fat, company. with Cola, yeah, like I think like two or three labels turned that down before that got signed. And that was on uh pro- Def- was that defected. on Prider? Defected. Defected. It was like now had hundreds of millions of streams. <laughs> Damn, yeah, I bet those labels are thinking shit. <laughs> but I also I also think like th- it has to be without sounding too philosophical about it. It's like, it happens for a reason. And sometimes a record that would come out on the record on the label that you think would be the best label for it, it comes out on it and then it just absolutely flops and no one, it just gets forgotten about, but coming out on a different record label that you might not have thought was the best record label comes out and it smashes it. Just depends. Yeah, you never know, do you? How much how much percentage do you think this industry is luck? (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, I don't know. Probably quite high. It's gotta be, doesn't it? Probably quite high. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's kind of controversial, but I think it's more luck than talent. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah, maybe it might be. She might be right, but there there are some, you know, some people out there that are incredibly talented and do really well. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know, like, I think that I think the talent is always there, right? I'm not saying that yeah. that people aren't talented because they have to be talented to kind of keep going, but that luck is so important. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, like we, like I was saying, with you know, just the right catching someone in the right mood at the right time when yeah. your demo pops in, and it might be that label that's going to take you under their wing and yeah. just like go yeah. and take you off with them touring and that kind of thing, and you just happened to arrive in their inbox at the right time. Yeah, uh, it's you know that those kind of things are definitely just you know, but if you're not putting yourself out there 
and writing music and sending it out, that will never happen anyway. Totally agree. So you've got to, you've got to kind of, uh, you know, I'm I'm probably guilty of it at the moment. Actually, I'm I'm kind of sitting here writing tons of music and then just kind of sitting back, going, <laughs> hoping that what? someone's going to come across your hard drive and yeah, and... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, what what am I doing? I've got to got to do something with it. Yeah. When when was the last EP that you put out? That, you you had an EP out not so long ago, right? I've just yes, yeah, so I had something. I had one on True Soul fairly recently. Then I've just put one out myself as well. So oh, was that your label? Out. Yeah, Whistleblower. Yeah, the Whistleblower. Yeah, I um... yeah. So, and then I've got another thing just coming out on True Soul soon, and then I'll probably do another one on Whistleblower as well. How long have you been running Whistleblower for? Uh, I think probably since 2016. I didn't know that. Do you I sign other people on with, it? Pardon? Do you sign other people on it? Because I've seen you release I, on it. Yeah, I've, I have signed other people. I, I, I was running it for a while with Alan and with um, an artist called Rymos as well. Yeah. Um, so he was releasing on there. Alan did a few releases. We signed some stuff from BKR and we also signed, um, some, you know, we've had some remixes and stuff like that as well. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I am open to, to signing stuff, but it's just, it's easier to kind of keep it as a platform for my music for sure. Totally. It's, I, with my label, I kind of get asked this quite a lot. And I'm like, it's such a big, um, for me, it's so much pressure releasing somebody else's music. Yeah. You know, I don't know how you feel about it. Cause I'm just like, I want to make this record perform. I want this person to be happy with how this record has kind of been received by the public and the industry. And I'm just like, I, I've only been running the label for a year and I'm like, I just don't, I don't know. I'm not that good at it yet. And you want to wait. Yeah. I want to wait until Torin's back and I can help with Torin as well and kind of bring them on tour with me and, and do it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that helps massively, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm lucky that I can do that. Um, but I'm just like, it still scares me. I'm yeah. Just like, I don't know. It is. I think um, I've had a lot of really bad experiences with mm. labels. Yeah. Same. And, um, I've, if I have signed any music to whistleblow, I've tried to make it as, as a as much of a, a nice mm. process for yeah. the artist as possible. Do you know what annoys um, me the most with record labels is that pardon? certain record labels, probably not the, not, not the best record labels, it's not even that that's 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 the lie because some of them are great but they re-release your record over and over and over again oh yeah and you're just like it's been out six times they, it's pe- so annoying people don't want to buy this six to- and <laughs> stop they, it yeah and they always do it when you've got like a big release coming up it, yeah yeah it kind of it pops up on your page again you just think why why are you putting it out again yeah like it was shit in the first place don't <laughs> <laughs> I actually had to like not. I actually had to hit some people up before and be like in the past can you, like, can can you, you stop, stop releasing that record like can you stop releasing it also like 
I was like, can you also send me the contracts? Because I'm pretty sure I've never signed it, send a contract. And he was like, yeah, you definitely signed a contract. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, but you've never sent me any accounting. So technically yeah. you've breached contract. So just stop releasing it. I don't care. You can take all the money. I don't care about the money because it's probably about 20 quid. But still, just like, stop releasing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so... And, and you're right, because most most labels don't do any accounting either. No statements, ever. No. Um, it's only the good ones that do, really. Yeah. It's, yeah, the sort of bigger guys that have got a bit more time. I must admit, I'm... I. I'm not amazing at it, but at least, you know, if I miss a period, the next period, I'm like, oh my God, sorry, I yeah. haven't done that. So here's a bigger chunk for you kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. I'll always get it to the people in the end. Yeah, it just it just amazes me that it's, it's generally the smaller people, the smaller ones that just want your music for absolutely nothing and yeah, yeah. expect you to give them the world yet. Especially in a day and age now where every artist can just self-release their record and not need a record label. It's so easy now, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think that's like a, a way forward? Or do you think you still need the labels? I think, you know, obviously having those big labels out there is so important. But if you don't get a chance of any of those and your music, you feel like your music's worthy, then get it out there. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, um, it's so easy to put stuff out now. And if it, if it is good, then it should kind of break through the noise. It's hard in it though. It's hard to break through that noise. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, you need to put some, you know, you need to put some, money behind a little bit of PR maybe and a decent promo mail out and, you know, get some, um, some good people behind it like that. Yeah. But I think, um, it's definitely worth doing. Don't just sort of, uh, if you send in your music out there and it's not getting picked up, don't just give up. No, I agree. I agree, man. Um, we kind of didn't finish the conversation about one for the nerds. Um, how can people kind of get involved with that? Um, you just to? head over to the website and, you know, have a look at um, the people that are on there. And if you want to book a session with anyone, you just go through the website and, and, uh, and yeah, give it a go. It's definitely, if you're, I would say if it's for, intermediate to advanced producers you know people that are looking are feeling maybe like they're missing that sort of final final something on their tracks maybe a bit of you know help with arrangement or just that final bit of processing maybe on or layers maybe some different ideas um but yeah it's it's definitely less for beginners and more for people that are kind of think their tracks are sounding pretty good yeah. already, you know? Yeah. It's cool, man. It's such when, when, uh, Cy was telling me about it, I was like, this is genius. Cause it's never yeah. re- like, it's usually when you're starting out, it's usually about 
building a community around you so you can kind of get that feedback as well and kind of yeah. meet producers that are maybe more have have kind of achieved a little bit more and have been doing it for a bit a little bit longer or just the better than you but it's so hard to break into that community to start with um, it is you're gonna find people that are um you know really open and easy to speak to in the scene and then you're going to find other people that you're just never going to get anything be able to yeah you're never going to get anything from so um try and sort of attach yourself to those or you know speak to those people that feel a bit more open and available you know yeah i think i yeah i think you just got to put yourself out there don't you really exactly you can't just sit sit around doing nothing because it's never yeah if, you, if you've got some good if you've got some good music and you think it's you know it's where it needs to be then just get it out there yeah try and get it get it in front of some people yeah I, but it's definitely a good platform and it's you know simon's great at that sort of thing mm. he's so good yeah he's great he used to be a teacher yeah. didn't he pardon he used to be a teacher exactly he's <laughs> just got that sort of he just knows how to approach things like that. Yeah. He knows how to explain things really well. Um, I should probably book a session with him, to be honest. Yeah, because you is Spy on there? Is it Spy? Yes, Spy is on there, yeah. I was like, I want to I wanna book a session with him just because I love what he does. And I can't, yeah. can't really write drum and bass, but I'd love to. Like that I good. think he's just added another drum and bass producer as well, a new tone, I think. Oh, okay, dope yeah um so it's it's growing for sure and i think simon's you know he he's he's kind of driving it forward yeah, he really wants to push it and it it's like you know it's got good um future music uh, uh sponsoring it now as well which Dope. is great yeah because I, I think realistically when you're starting out as a producer you don't need a manager you don't need and i think that's a very easy thing to kind of think about or to go to is be like okay my music's nearly there i need to go get a manager to then go get me everything else but realistically what you need is somebody to just help you out and kind of exactly to you through the process and a manager doesn't yeah. do that really yeah and, and the management can be you know, if it's a retainer or if you're touring a lot, then obviously it can be get very expensive. But um, and sometimes you're kind of thinking, what have you done? Yeah. You know, <laughs> sent a few emails out and I paid you 1600 quid or something like that. Um, and for other people, probably much, much more than that. But yeah, um, yeah. I guess the busier, you know, for some the guy, the people that are touring heavily, heavily touring, I think management is essential mm. because there's just too much to do. Yeah. Especially if you've got a record label, you've got events that you're doing, you've yeah. got a busy DJ schedule as well, festivals. It's just, you know, it all has to be managed. But um, for someone that's just kind of up and coming, then, you know, maybe a few sort of um, in-depth chats here and there going over certain things can really help yeah no i totally agree i totally agree i think it's um i don't know do you have management i i did but no i don't anymore how how do you find the whole management thing well 
when I was DJing a bit, obviously, I actually had stopped touring completely even before um, COVID-19 happened. Um, so I'd sort of said, right, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm just mm. going to produce and I'm just going to do, I'm just going to be in the studio. Um, but I said to Alan, I was like, look, if you get any brave shows and, you know, they're going to be yeah. proper decent, you know, those sort of shows are always really good. Yeah, yeah. I said, I said to him, if you wanted me to do any, any of those with you guys, because I'd love going away with the whole yeah. crew, you know, like when there's a group of us all together and, you know, we bring wives, girlfriends, mm, friends, yeah. such a laugh. I love that. Yeah. I can't get enough of that. If that, you know, I played a few times all together and I said, if I could do this every weekend with you guys, I would be do out. It. Yeah. I would want to continue, mm -hmm. but just the touring on my own, I was just like, I could, I could take it or leave it to be honest. Yeah. That's what um, I loved. That's what I loved about being part of the, like when I first started with the dirty bird crew, it was always, always yeah. a party. It's always like, you're with your mates always and it's just so yeah. much fun yeah, yeah it was great yeah. really really good I, I would do that i would definitely do that but you know yeah i said to him if you get anything i'll play but yeah i'd stopped i've kind of i've completely forgotten where i was going with this we were talking I've about we were talking about management and oh yeah the management thing yeah management. so i just i didn't need i just didn't need it anymore yeah and even when i did have it i didn't really need it yeah yeah, because I, I think for me, like, I've had some terrible management and at some points probably didn't need management. Yeah. And I think, like, reflecting, I could blame management for my career not going the way I wanted it to go, where realistically it was my fault. Yeah, well, it's that's the thing. It's always the drive always has to come from the artist yeah 100%. the dj yeah you know whatever the, the drive has to come from you yeah if you haven't got you know if you're not picking up that phone saying right i want this i want that i want to play there i want to go yeah. here i want to do this or you know that's what you've got to be doing yeah totally. you've got to be on the case and if you're not doing that why would anyone be you know no one else is going to have that totally. drive for yeah, you yeah yeah yeah, I think it's also about you have to know yourself as an as a person and also as an artist as well. It's like for me, the my current manager, a guy called Ryan, like I will happily say that I will have him as a manager for the rest of my life. I don't have like he's fucking amazing. And he's the only manager that I have never I actually want to pay him rather than beforehand i never wanted to pay pay my managers before sorry mate you just cut up there oh sorry mate can you hear me right there we go <laughs> back in <laughs> yeah. no yeah what i was saying was um oh, i can't remember management i know we're talking about management yeah management you're saying that you'll be with this guy yeah like i it now's the like before previous previous managers i never wanted to pay because i never felt they actually put the work in yeah um, and and ryan i find that he like i want to pay him more if you know what i mean because i know how much work he's putting into it and kind of how much of a team it is rather than just us and them 
yeah. I, and I find it's really hard. And I, uh, and I, it was definitely for me starting out, I was like, I need a manager. I need a manager. I need a manager. And really, it's always the thing, isn't it? Everyone thinks they do. Yeah. Yeah. And you really don't really don't. It's, it's, no. It's, have you ever thought about getting a manager or like an agent for your like engineering side of things? I did. People have asked about that, but um, I've always been busy. So well, too busy, probably. Um, I would say I probably work too much already. So Mm. um, I never sort of knew how I'd expand on it. If you know what I mean, I guess it would have been maybe that they could get more high profile people or maybe they just charge more money yeah but i didn't want to push out i knew that it would probably go down the route of you know pushing out people that i'm sort of worked with over yeah. for a long time and all that kind of thing yeah. you know yeah yeah definitely i didn't want people to get pushed out because a manager wanted to charge three times the amount you know mm. yeah do you when you're writing for other people do you ever get to the point where you're like I've written so much music, I just can't do anything for yourself. Yeah, Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. I I think it was two years ago. I had had to have about six months. Oh, really? Six months completely off, no engineering. I think I did. I kept a couple of people where I just did a few days. Um, Within the six months, I just did a few days, but... I pretty much had six months of just no engineering and it was, it was great. Mm. Um, and I, and I really needed it. I really, really needed it. Yeah. Um, so I ended up just sort of, um, writing my own stuff and played a load of tennis. It was a lovely six months. Yeah. Great. Just sort of floating around doing nothing, but <clears throat> But when I came back to it again, I was really energized. Yeah. Did it get to the point where you're like, I, I actually want to be in the studio. I have to be back. Yeah. You know, so I'd sort of, I had never kind of stepped away completely, but I do really like working with people. Yeah. And, um, you know, all the people I work with now have, have become good friends. So I look forward to mm. those those days. But um, it, it's it just got my head was just completely baked. Yeah, I couldn't do it anymore. Couldn't do it anymore. And I just had to sort of send an email to everyone saying, "Please, just bear with me. <laughs> Give me some I'll time. Be, off. I'll be back." Yeah, it's um yeah, give me a little bit of time. It must be it must be tough because you you're because you're writing for people and they rely on music. You there must be a bit of a pressure there. it's a, it, I feel, you know, it's it is a it definitely is quite high pressure, I think, yeah. especially if it's not going well on uh, you know, during a session if it's not going in the direction that the artist wants or if I don't feel it's going very well it can get quite sort of you know tense but Mm. I quite I sort of I feel that I really knuckle down in those sort of situations yeah something always comes something always comes I never get to the end of a session and 
you know, someone's kind of, you know, that we haven't got anything done mm. or there's always an idea there or there's a track finished or, you know, it, something always happens in the end. Yeah, it is. It does work like that. I don't know how. Which feeds into my own, the way I work myself as well, because there's no choice. If someone's mm. sat here and they're paying for a session, I can't just go, I'll oh, sod it. Yeah. Let's go to the pub sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, Let's go bake some I'd bread. Like... <laughs> yeah, so it's sort of like you have to have to deliver. Yeah. It, it, sometimes the pressure's good, right? And yeah. go, going back to remixes, when I like it when you get an offer in to do a remix and they're like, yeah, we need it back in a week. I'm like, oh, yeah, great. and you're like, that, you've got no choice. You can't, yeah. you can't fanny around, can you? And it's got to be great. You've got to make it something great because it's going to come out and you can't, I don't know about you, but I, like I've put some stuff out that I regret massively. Yeah. But with remixes, it's like, it has to be good. It has to yeah. be a good record because you're going to have to live with it forever because it's there. Forever. Well, all, it's all there, isn't it's it? All I, there. I sort of, uh, some stuff that I've done, I just cannot, <laughs> I can't bear to listen to now. But then other things I'll, you know, stumble across think tracks that I've completely forgotten about that I've done and be like, Oh, that's all right. Yeah. That's it, all right. Yeah. If, if you ever done something where you're like, you listen back to it after a couple of years and you're like, how did I do that? Like, yeah, that's actually really good. And I couldn't do that now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I think going back and looking at some of my, old files and yeah i would have that i'd think how did i get it to sound like this yeah like this actual sound of the, the production and stuff like that so i'd go back into an old file and i think wow i did that yeah i love that you know, a certain way of processing or some sort of crazy eq or something like that i thought like, oh my god maybe i need to i think sometimes where i don't know there's so much information all the time. And, you know, if you're watching videos on how to do different stuff, there's so many new plugins mm. and synths and all this kind of thing. You may, I, I personally forget yeah. about techniques that I used to use or yeah. certain little tricks that I used to do. And for some reason they just phase out, but yeah. they do make a difference. Yeah. It, it kind of, they kind of get replaced by something else. Right. And they get replaced and, you know, it's not necessarily, maybe it's better now or it's better then i don't know but it's nice to go back and go ah oh, that sounds like that because of this yeah how do you do all your mix downs yourself or do you get somebody else to do that i do them myself yeah maybe i should get someone else to do them i don't know i i have this conversation because <laughs> i have this conversation with people all the time some people love to get a mix down by somebody else some people love to do it themselves i know yeah. like i've had two records that are out mixed down by other people and okay that's purely when i'm in a situation where like my studio in detroit i just it was so new the room was so new to me and i just like couldn't couldn't get it yeah couldn't you didn't know yeah and you're just like okay i need to give this to somebody else just to have some fresh ears um i've i've done like a mix session with steve dubs which was just amazing 
Right, okay. Like, I don't know if you know who likes him at all. Um, no. He's like the silent partner in Chemical Brothers. Oh, okay. So he he mixes down all their records, but he does a lot of the recording and stuff for them as well. And that was, for me, that was just more of like a learning um, of just like going in and watching him get the SSL desk out and just like properly mix a record like how it used to happen in the in so the did you st- did you take stems in then yeah i took the whole project um and then we just bounced down the stems that he kind of wanted um, yeah and we ended up just mixing down literally everything like from scratch really it's like a really really interesting process and i've all like i always mix my st- stuff down well yeah like 99 percent of the time but I've been working on a few records and I'm like, I really want to like, I still haven't nailed the mixing. Like I, I can get, sometimes I get it really good. And sometimes I'm like, nah, it's not that good. Do you, when you finish, do you bounce stems and then mix or? I mix no. as I go along. And then I usually fuck it up at the end and try yeah. and go like more into depth. Do you, what do you do? I just do it as I go as yeah. well. And I, you know, I know that what I should probably do is then bounce maybe mm. four, five, six stems out yeah. of things, bust together, and then mix those again. Mm. Um, you know, like Simon does, he sums it all back in through that little... Um, oh, does he? Yeah, he sums it back in through all that, that SSL, doesn't he? The, uh, um, okay. He's got that little mixing desk. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I think um, I'll just do it as I go and tweak and tweak and tweak. And then sometimes probably go too far, I think. Yeah. Often I, yeah, the best stuff I think maybe is the vibe that I Mm -hmm. catch when I'm first starting an idea can sound amazing and then I'll lose it. Yeah just process the shit out of it and it's just gone. I did that. I opened a project up literally this the earlier and was like, this sounds awful. And then turned all the, everything off that I did afterwards. And I'm like, this is, this is how it was supposed to sound. And I'll just keep it like this. Just not yeah. really add anything else. It's weird. It's weird how we can kind of get into it and kind of overdo it, overcook it. And you're just like, you just lose that vibe. I think my stuff sounded better when I knew less. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's rawer, isn't it? It's rawer. Just to say that out loud is horrible. But <laughs> denial is great, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. When I just was didn't know what I was doing, yeah. things were just really loud and. Mm everything sounded really chunky and big yeah. and now it's all quite clean and I don't know. I, I, I'm still happy with the stuff that I produce and, you know, um, obviously production changes and people's production styles change, but yeah, I don't know if my uh, knowing more necessarily makes your stuff sound better as in like knowing more of the technical stuff. I don't yeah. know if that, always helps i think it's i think for me is i i try and go down that golden rule route route is that 
if the sounds are good from the start, then yeah. I don't do much on it at all. Yeah. And then if the yeah. idea is really strong, then I just leave it. I don't, I really don't process I like you'll, you'll probably be sick. You'll go through my, my productions and like there's zero compression on anything. There's like zero EQ on anything, but it just works. And when that's you, fine. And, that, and that's great. Yeah. If you've got the sound, if the source of the sound is quality, mm. then you shouldn't need that much on it. Yeah. Cause but, if you've got, you know, 20 different EQ bands and uh, it, do you know what I mean? Then the sound isn't right. Yeah. Go get a new one. Yeah. Go and get a new kick drum or a new hi-hat. If you've got to process it that much, then it's, you know, then just, just leave it. Yeah, sometimes just having a big kick drum just sounds great by itself. Just sounds, yeah, just a kick on its own with a synth. Yeah. That's uh, it, yeah. They're always the hardest tracks to make, though. But when, they, when you make them, they're the best. When it's literally yeah, like... The simple ones are the best, for sure. Yeah, they are. The ones where you end up, you know, like, does it need something else than something yeah. else? If you keep having to think you need to add more, then you should take everything, turn everything off yeah. and strip it right back. Start again. No, I agree. Yeah. No, I agree, man. Dude. If something's just not sounding full, but you've got loads of stuff in there, then it's just something's gone wrong along the way. Yeah. No, I agree with you, man. I agree. It's, just, it's about enjoying it, isn't it? It's about getting a vibe. If If you've got a vibe, you're fine. Yeah. Especially with... I think the, people can accept a little bit of... You know, if there's a really great vibe on a track, people will obviously. Yeah, you know, you still want to hear good, good, relatively good production, but people will be a bit more forgiving. I think mm. if it's just got a great vibe. Yeah, I, th- I think if we li- if you listen back to some of the old, the old, old, old records that still stand up in a set nowadays, and none yeah of them you know the, the production might not yeah. be amazing yeah most of it the production was awful because none of them had a clue what they were doing just, and yeah just they they were just lucky enough to get get the right gear at the time or yeah. go into a mate studio that had the gear and they and it sounds great <laughs> made a killer tune yeah yeah man um dude we've just done an hour and a half let's wrap it up well, that was great yeah, yeah it's amazing no worries man. man thanks for being on before we go uh how can people follow your bread baking life <laughs> <laughs> my bread and tunes yeah. um I, do you know what i'm terrible with on social media i'm really bad at it and i'm not if anyone wants to follow me i'm probably most active on instagram yeah and I'm on there as Reset Robot. Um, I bet I don't use Facebook at all, and I don't use um, Twitter. What are the What are the other ones? TikTok. Twitter? No, I don't use TikTok. that either. Do you use TikTok? I can't imagine you use TikTok. No, 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 I don't. I'm really scared of that. Yeah, same. I'm. I don't use it. I, um, I kind of feel I'm like I'm happy to become a sort of, you know, I probably gonna yeah i'm probably not gonna be one of these like hip trendy dads that's got like a snapchat thing and a tiktok thing and all that do you want do you want your dad to be hip and trendy and be on social media i don't know if you do do you well i don't know but obviously i am because i have to be and 
Instagram's fine for yeah. me. That's enough. Yeah. I can't. I wouldn't be able to keep up with doing all the others as well. What, have you got OnlyFans yet, mate? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right, so Reset Robot on Instagram. Um, yeah. Spotify. And that's it. Yeah. You find me up, find me there. And then, you know, so actually at SoundCloud as well. I keep that up very up to date. I've stopped yeah. using it. I'm like, fuck okay. them. They, they don't pay. So I'm like, stuff them. <laughs> do they not pay at all? they don't pay at all like it's what it's less than what youtube pays and youtube pays less than anyone right okay uh, but it has less to go silent. it has to go through the paywall so it has to be distributed from a distributor so if you just upload something unless uh, it doesn't yeah you game over right okay that's why i stopped using them <laughs> that's fair enough i suppose i think it's sort of um for me it's more of uh that's where i just put all of my music to listen for me to kind of go over yeah yeah and uh to send out demos and all that kind of stuff so i keep the page fairly tidy and up to date with releases and that i might put the odd mix on there occasionally yeah but it just annoys me when these companies are just like they make so much money they make so much money and yet they just aren't willing to to pay. Yeah, Spotify as well, man. Just oh. it's it's so right. it's so strange, isn't it? Because you can you can, it's streaming is great, right? Streaming is actually great because we can make money again from yeah. from music. Like there was a But they could pay they would still make the billions that they're making yeah. but they might make a few less billions yeah but they could pay so much more if they're making that much profit after everyone's been paid yeah. then they can afford to pay the people that are making the platform so good a bit more can't yeah. they yeah i agree well that's the thing it, it also depends on who you are because if you're like drake or someone like that you're get, gonna be you're getting paid more they they yeah so, so the big pop stars have like they're almost deals. it's like publishers really they have publishers that go in and and be like well you're not having this music unless uh are you still there? this is what we want yeah, yeah, basically yeah, yeah. And, unless yeah this is this is what you're paying us otherwise you're not getting it yeah but we can't do that <laughs> dang no i know i'd like to be able to do that but it would be nice if they would just you know release a little bit more it would be amazing mm, no i agree because it's that it's definitely there yeah but then they you know they like pay flipping you know um harry and megan 26 million or something to do a podcast really something like that i, didn't I was know just that. like fucking hell do they really need do they need all of that yeah i don't think they do do they yeah rogan got I think Rogan got over a hundred million for his for his podcast. Wow! On Spotify, like I I I kind of agree with that. I'm like cool with that because it's like you're the biggest podcast in the world. You're actually yeah. bringing Spotify more value than Spotify can give you. Like it, yeah. it doesn't benefit him to go on there. It was he was earning like thirty to sixty grand a show anyway. So Spotify is only benefiting from it. But yeah, I agree. But they also don't pay don't you for having they they don't pay you for having your your podcast on there and stuff. 
No, no, I would. Yeah, so that's another story, isn't it? But the music thing, they could definitely release a bit more. But yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, if, if me and if I say to Spotify, right, well, that's it. I'm not putting my music on there then. They don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm so I'm waiting for jump, something. Jump so, in and make what you can, or don't some, put it on yeah. there. Something has to come out. So somebody has to make something that's like. Apple's much better. Apple Music pays double to what Spotify does. Yeah. But they don't I have... I just don't think they don't people have, are using it as much. They don't have the listeners. It's like half of what Spotify is doing. Yeah. Even less than that, really. But the, you know, the inter, the actual platform, the, the interface, it's not as good. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's not as nice to use, is it? And the thing is, that they're so, like, they're lovely. I, I know a lot of the guys over there and they're lovely, they're amazing, and they really do support the artist. They, they they go out to, like, support the artist, but their platform is just not good. No. Doesn't I guess help. they've got, you know, Spotify is just doing that, isn't it? So Yeah. yeah it's, I can imagine their... as much as Apple says it's like a a company for the people it's it's a huge corporation beast isn't it it's going to be it so an hard absolute monster yeah, yeah. To, to get anything passed through management is going to be a bit of a nightmare isn't it let's be honest um yeah and, and i guess would would you know be scrutinized down to the tiniest little yeah if it's going to cost more or exactly yeah it's stocks in it it's the stock exactly yeah shareholders and all that kind of thing they own everything so we went off again online. Yeah, we did. Just done it another 10 minutes, mate. <laughs> right. Uh, thank you for being on, um, mate. Really appreciate it. And uh, no worries, man. Hopefully, hopefully catch you in a club or a studio at some point in the near yeah, future. Yeah, that'd be good. Well, let's yeah, do something. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. I'd love to do it in person. Let's do something in person when we get to okay. we can. Okay. Um, that'd be great. Sounds good to me. Keep safe, man. And I'll see you soon. Cheers. And that is a wrap. Absolutely love that podcast. Um, yeah, really enjoying these podcasts now and really, really appreciate for everyone uh, that's listening. means a lot. I'd absolutely love it if you could go and hit subscribe or like or give us a little comment or send it to your mates and kind of let's make this make this a little bit bigger. It just uh, helps the show keep going. Keep safe. Have a great week and I'll see you soon.